Welcome to Voices of CFMA, Construction Financial Management Association's podcast featuring conversations with industry leaders. I'm your host, Kate Platt, CFMA's Marketing Manager. This month, I'm joined by President, CEO, and Founder of FS360, Ernest Ellis, to discuss his experiences in the construction industry. FS360 is a commercial general contractor specializing in aviation, corporate distribution, logistics, and more. In addition to his time in construction, Ernest worked in the telecom industry for a number of years, is the current president of the National Association of Minority Contractors in Atlanta, and is the former chair of the MBE Input Committee for the Georgia Minority Supplier Development Council. Thank you so much for joining me, Ernest. Thank you for having me, Kate. I appreciate it. I'm really excited to talk with you. So let's jump into this. I mentioned at the top that you were in the telecom industry. You are now in the construction industry. How did this transition, how did you get involved in construction? Well, this is my sixth startup company uh, with five of them being in the telecommunications industry and and developed a a ton of valued relationships over those uh, 20 plus years. Um, And one of those relationships and I um, connected in 2008 uh, and uh, we decided to to form FS360 uh, in the middle of the Great Recession. Um, that ultimately led us into the um, construction management general contracting uh, world. Um, you know, it wasn't our original business plan, original business model, um, oh. but we, we, in the middle of a great recession, you know, it's either adapt or die. And, and so uh, we did an inventory uh, of our team and uh, we pivoted to the construction space and um, you know, there's an old saying, you, you really can't fall off the ground. So we were able to develop some traction in, in Atlanta, in the marketplace, uh, develop some clients, and um, we've been growing the business ever since. It never goes according to the way the business plan is written, um, you know, but uh, uh, we were very, very successful in leveraging relationships and, and being able to, to grow our business um, year over year. Can you talk about um, how diversity and inclusion and all of these programs has evolved in this time? Well, it's an interesting um, dynamic for us. Um, Coming from corporate America and the telecommunications industry, uh, I was always mentored um, to build a business or a business unit uh, to create the highest enterprise value you, you possibly could, because ultimately you're only as valuable as what your stock is worth or what somebody's willing to pay for you. And so early on, FS360 did not certify as a minority-owned company. Um, in construction, you know, the vast majority of the time, you know, you have to be low, low bid, low number, most responsive. You know, so in my mind, you know, let's just be the best company we can be. Um, you know. Around 2013, a couple of very strategic opportunities um, came about in the marketplace. Um, one of them being at uh, Hartsville Jackson Atlanta International Airport with an $8 billion capital program uh, that, that led us to strategically say, you know what, certifying the company does make a lot of sense, N- not just from a top line or bottom line perspective, but from a uh, work history and um, honestly a credibility standpoint because we were 
going to be able to work on $200 million, $300 million, half a billion dollar projects that we wouldn't have been able to participate on if we were not certified. Um, so um, what I have seen since we did certify in, in 2013 and, and now been a part of multiple joint ventures over $400 million worth of work is that number one, and you know, we, we feel like the city of Atlanta is, is a market leader with regards to uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, especially you know the, uh, the the mayor and the city council. It, it's been an intentional effort here for 40 plus years. Number one, but over the last two or three years, private and public uh, owners are taking a much more intentional look at uh, DEI. Um, for instance, you know, we got one of the largest projects in the Southeast that's in Tenure Yards, which is being developed by a private developer that has embraced DEI uh, and the city of Atlanta's 38% requirements for diversity spend. I mean, I, I have not seen a private developer or for-profit developer of, of, of this scope, this is a $5 billion project, embrace diversity, equity, inclusion like that. This is the first time I've ever seen it. Um, so the intentional efforts in, in, in that example and, and, and plenty of others, you know, from Google to Facebook to Airbnb to, you know, companies that from, from the technology space and from other regions that, you know, when they came into Atlanta, they just wanted to get the best deal to land in Atlanta. Now they're getting the best deal to land in Atlanta and other markets, but they want a diverse environment to work in. And, and um, that's refreshing. You know, it's refreshing to see that it's heartfelt. It's refreshing to see that there's an intentional focus on diversity, equity, inclusion, and we're all for it. That's really impressive that such a large-scale company is taking that first step to hopefully lead the way for more. Absolutely. Profit Software centralizes all your financial data, including ERP, CRM, HR, estimating, and project management for a complete view of company performance. Contact Profix to learn how we can help better manage your project's cash forecasting, RIP reporting, margin fade, and equipment utilization. You obviously have a lot of Atlanta pride and you've spent your entire career in Atlanta, it seems. Is there um, a best or more, most favorite project that you've been a part of um, that you can look back and say, wow, really great that I was here and doing this and, you know, helped get this off the ground? So my, my entire construction career has been here in Atlanta. Um, you know, I'm actually from Kentucky and lived in Los Angeles for 13 years, but um, um, in my construction experience, uh, I guess my favorite project, and, and there are several that were really awesome. I mean, um, the, Martin Luther King Jr. Recreation and Aquatic Center project uh, was um, a labor of love for everybody that was involved in that project. And it was pivotal for us for a lot of reasons. Um, first, the city of Atlanta had the MLK Natatorium uh, here for a number of years, which was a, a, a swimming pool, indoor pool, uh, in the community, in, in, in the urban community downtown that had fallen into disrepair. And a, a lot of young people in the inner city didn't have a place to swim or learn how to swim or, or, or have a place to go. Um, um, 
the MLK Recreation and Aquatic Center project um, not only rebuilt a, a, a place for them to go, but it is a beautiful structure, uh, LEED certified. Um, and and it, it just continues to lift up that community in, in really impressive and awesome ways. Um, we also participated in that project as a joint venture with a larger firm uh, and another minority firm. Um, so Werner Johnson FS360 uh, built that, that project a little bit south of, of $30 million um, on time, actually early, on budget, and is an absolute beautiful, beautiful facility. Um, and so it, it, it just continues to, to resonate with regards to Martin Luther King's birthplace, him being here. You know, it's not very far from the MLK uh, Center for Nonviolence and Social Change. Um, so that one resonates with me. I mean, I love all of our projects, uh, but that one uh, impacts so many people and just gives us all, everybody on that team, a source of pride. The, the long lasting impact on that community just has to be a fantastic feeling. There's no question. You know, and, and the, the urban core, you know, has really evolved in, in, in most of the, the, the right directions over the last 13 years since we've been in this business. And that's an anchor project. Um, that, that is an anchor project that continues to solidify, you know, that, that fourth ward area. And um, we were just very happy to be a part of it and, and partner with uh, Winter Construction and Johnson Construction Services in a way that just was very collaborative and, and gave the owner of the city of Atlanta a fantastic outcome. It was absolutely fabulous. That sounds amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. So we talk on this podcast a lot about giving and getting advice. And I would love to know what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? When I was uh, vice president with uh, Fidelity Financial and um, Southern California, the chief operating officer was very blunt. He was a Marine. Uh, he said, Ernest, you think too much. <laughs> um, you, 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 you try to get to 100% information. You, you, you try to, to uh, get to a point where there's zero risk. And you know, in this business, there's no such thing. You know, it, because if you, if you get to 100%, then you've missed your window. Um, you, you, you're, you're, you're not going to have the opportunity or the ROI that you want. So you got to trust your gut. You got to get to a point where you're comfortable with your own senses and instincts where you can make a decision and course correct if you need to. In fact, I think he said, you know, Ernest, sometimes you have to, you have to take the, the, the motto of ready, shoot, re-aim, you know, which is what a Marine would say, <laughs> right? But he was right. I mean, um, I was a lot younger then and I wanted to impress. Um, I was one of the few minority executives in the company. So I, I felt like I needed to represent excellence. And so, but while all that is true, at the same time, um, just trust it, trust your gut and, and, and don't overthink it because you, you, again, the window's always closing. And when the window closes, you've lost your opportunity. Absolutely. What piece of advice do you have for companies looking to take their first steps into a DNI program? What is one simple thing 
that our listeners can walk away and be like, this is something that I can help my company do? Well, I mean, you hear the word intentionality a lot. I use it a lot because I, I think over the years, um, a lot of a lot of well-meaning companies, um, you know, have embraced supply diversity and, you know, and they've been intentional in, in, in their efforts and uh, about identifying and and actualizing diversity spend, right? For me, as a serial entrepreneur, I'm less interested in, in diversity spend as I am in creating generational wealth. And so for, for those listeners that are working for companies that are, are gonna create opportunities for firms like mine, whether you're a Fortune 500 company or a private developer or a large construction firm that will engage um, you know, a, a subcontractor, I mean, we, me, and other minority firms, we're in business to create wealth. We're in business to create generational opportunities for our sons and our daughters. I mean, we're not unlike anybody else. You know, so spend is only a piece of the pie. When, when you look at the E and I, the, the initial I pay the most attention to is the E, the equity. You know, that, that is the component that is going to change the dynamic in communities and, and put more black and brown and female people to work. Um, and so I would, I encourage everyone that I talk to, especially in my role as president of the National Association of Minority Contractors to think about it more in those terms. Um, when Microsoft came into town, I had a chance to meet the president, uh, Brad Smith. I, I said the same thing to him. You know, spend is good, wealth is better. So as you're thinking about putting together your programs or evolving the programs that you have, honestly, think about how many millionaires you can create. How many companies are you going to put on footing, put on a footing that are attractive enough to be purchased and merged and acquired? I mean, what can you do to put a company in a position where they don't last just 10 years, they last for three, four generations? Because that's really the mission. That's the goal. And, and when that happens, because we employ more, again, we employ more black, brown, and female folk, and especially in the construction industry, than any primes, the return on investment will be exponential. So that's the advice that I would give. Um, hopefully it's helpful. I think that's fantastic advice. You know, stop looking at the immediate future, start looking towards that long-term future. You are absolutely correct. And I appreciate you sharing all of this information and all of your stories with me today. You're very welcome. Thanks for, uh, for asking me to be on. Uh, again, hopefully something I've said will be helpful and um, onward and upward to everybody that's listening. Excellent. Thank you everyone for listening. Mm -hmm.